the Tom Sumner Program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, John. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Tom, easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm all right, Tom. How are you? Hey, lucky day, Mr. Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor, comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, what's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Our fellow Americans. Right now, the COVID-19 vaccines are available to millions of Americans. And soon, they will be available to everyone. The science is clear. These vaccines will protect you and those you love from this dangerous and deadly disease. They could save your life. So we urge you to get vaccinated when it's available to you. That's the first step to ending the pandemic and moving our country forward. It's up to you. MTA Flint is nationally recognized for continually seeking to provide sustainable, reliable, and cost-efficient transportation for individuals throughout the region. Through work-related and non-emergency medical transportation and your ride services, MTA is moving people with future and alternative fuel technologies. More information about MTA Flint and specialized services is available at mtaflint.org. This is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. It's time now for Armchair Politics. Join host Tom Sumner for this weekly reality check on current events in local, state, and national politics and the real issues that really matter. You, too, can be part of Armchair Politics. Find us on Facebook. We let the dogs off their leash. Stay tuned, because it's on now. <clears throat> hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to this week's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. Joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, our panel of political pundits includes our roundtable regulars on the left, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. Good to be here. And on the right, longtime Genesee County Republican Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome to you as well. Good morning, Tom. And last but not least, joining us uh, for this week's uh, edition of Armchair Politics, and it's always a pleasure when we can be joined by political operative Bobby Clayton Walton. Hi, Bobby. Hi, guys. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Bobby's using a different phone, and it sounds great, by the way. Good, good, good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we always kick things off with uh, a, f- a couple of quotes before we get into the local, state, and national headlines in uh, politics and current events and, and move on to conclude with the X-Files. But the first one is uh, finish the quote. This is where I ask you how you would finish this quote. And it goes, uh, war has rules, mud wrestling has rules, politics has what? Uh, no rules. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> yeah. 
well, <laughs> dragged down. Well, uh, Paul, you, you hit it right on the head. The actual quote was, war has rules, mud wrestling has rules, politics has no rules. And who, who do you think said that? Hmm. Any thoughts on who might have said that? I'm going to say Will Ooh, Rogers is a possibility. I don't know. It's just a wild guess. I don't know. Well, it was actually Ross Perot. Oh, oh that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> and and the, the quote caught my attention because it reminded me of Jeff Bridges as the dude in the big Lebowski when he said, uh, this isn't Nam, this is bowling. There are rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I was thinking of uh, Perot when he said that um, NAFTA was that great sucking sound. Coming right. From that's right. right. That's right. Yeah. Well, here's, uh, here's one of the quotes from this past week that got my attention. I regret that my grandchildren aren't here because this is a really, really, really important moment in our history. By making Juneteenth a federal holiday, all Americans can feel the power of this day and learn from our history and celebrate progress and grapple with the distance we've come and the distance we have to travel. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of her name. Was that the woman from Texas that fought so hard to have Juneteenth recognized? Yeah. No, but that's, a, that, but that's a tremendous guess. It was actually President Joe Biden. He said that signing, oh, oh. signing that legislation into law on Thursday, establishing June 19th as uh, Juneteenth National Independence Day, a U.S. federal holiday commemorating the end of slavery in the United States, will go down as one of the greatest honors of his presidency. Oh, yeah, but he wasn't the first one to do that. Trump had already said he would make June 10th a national holiday. Well, how important... <laughs> and, guys, and, and remember yeah, go this. ahead, Henry. The Senate passed legislation before the House. They, they all passed, all Democrats, all Republicans passed it before it got to the House and... It was. Uh, <clears throat> it got a tremendous amount of bipartisan yeah. support. It and, got excellent bipartisan. And it uh, was. And yeah. and that's an important point to to make because it it means that, um, a lot more people than the usual suspects are embracing the notion. But how important is this signing to Joe Biden's legacy, and very, or reelection? It's a uh, very good. The, he, his legacy as blacks will see this, and I'm talking about uh, African Americans, will be large. But they won't remember that there are other people who had input into that. He'll only remember that the Democrats did. And that was a good idea. Uh, you know, that, I think it had to be done. Yeah. I think it's worth remembering that we need to do much more than just make a holiday. I mean, there's a lot of actions. Yeah, you know. Has, more important than the holiday. I mean, the holiday is important, obviously. No. But, uh, you know, the whole re reaction to police and other things really are, are critical actions that need to be taken in the years to come. Thank you. Because, you know, I, I was watching all of the things that people did. June 10th ended 168 years ago. That means black Americans had not been slaves for 168 years. But some were acting as though it just ended June 10th, 19th. Uh, 2021. 
And th- this was a time for them to go out and raise hell, challenge authority, engage in illegal activity, be the first to tell the story like it is, uh, be the smartest guy or the smartest girl on the block. And, and, and when Juneteenth is a sober, it's a, it's a respectful thing that should have taken place with all of, <clears throat> all of this thoughts. And uh, because I, I believe the people who have run the Juneteenth Society for years had that in mind. They were not an advocacy group. And um, they were people who had, had hoped to find their own way uh, through society uh, with the minimum amount of help from government. They just, they just, they did not go out and advocate. They didn't uh, lobby against uh, people and stuff like that. Uh, so, and as a result, it was businesses and the American people that made this happen. It wasn't politics. Yeah. Um, I think it's ironic that it took two years after the Emancipation Proclamation before the, the slaves in Texas knew that they had been freed. But um, the other night, actually, we watched um, Lincoln, the movie. Yeah, with, oh, I uh, love Daniel that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, oh, was, it was a wonderful movie and illustrated how how hard Lincoln and... Um, yes. Yeah, they, they, how hard they fought to get the 13th Amendment passed. But it also gave a very good um, illustration of politics, what you can do, exactly. what you can't do, what you can get away with. Yeah, I mean, and, and and the kind of deals that had to be made to 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 get the thirteenth finally passed. I mean, right, we, we right. You couldn't this, bribe this. people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and the the worst thing that could have happened is have a person killed because he or she was overreacting to the moment. It was uh, tragic. About, that was talking about that, that shooting terrible. here in Flint, Henry. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a bizarre piece of history here. That. As they began the celebration, there was that shooting here in Flint, which is, you kind of shake your head at that. Yeah, I saw that. Was that the young woman who actually attacked? Yeah, according to the story I saw, and I don't know all the details, but apparently it was a 19-year-old woman who fired first at police. That's what I read. And the police was hit in the chest. And if you saw the footage, it looked as though he was in pain. But I think that part of that was theater. But uh, Well, I don't know about that. Bullet-resistant vests and and Kevlar and all that, they will prevent the bullet from going through. Yeah, going in, but it has an impact. Yeah, it it hits you pretty hard. I mean, they talk about people being very badly bruised under those things, Mm -hmm. you know, if they've taken a bullet. But here's the thing that caught my attention, this phrase, Juneteenth National Independence Day. What mm-hmm. is what does that mean now going forward with the Fourth of July? Because for at least a decade or more, I've become aware of a lot of um, African Americans who don't consider July Fourth an Independence Day for Black people in this country. Are we going to well, have then- two Independence Days, or will Juneteenth eventually become quote? National Independence Day that is celebrated for all. I don't think so. I, you know, the black people have been celebrating Juneteenth for 168 years, at least 165 years, 
1865. And they've never had an incident. They've always been well supported by businesses and by whites. And uh, they let them go on about their business. And, and, um, and I, I would like to look at uh, Juneteenth not as an advocacy group, but as a, um, as a non-political entity, a society of people that got together to celebrate a, a freedom from slavery. They didn't care about all the other stuff. They were just proud to be free from slavery and take up a lifestyle of their own. They might not have gained much, but they were happy And um, when they celebrate. They, they, they never engage in that rowdy uh, activities where they threaten the, the, the society with uh, revolution yeah. and stuff like that. But you know, but you know Henry, um, when I think back to what I know about history, and I'm certain that the sources that I have are pretty reliable, um, the tragedy of Abraham Lincoln's assassination, other than the loss of a wonderful leader, was the reconstruction that he had planned uh, for the South, which never really took off. And part yeah. of that we're still suffering from because the the former slaves were going to be given some sort of assistance in order to establish their own lives, independent, and able to take care of themselves. And instead of that being carried forward, they were just pretty much left uh, without anything to go forward. Yeah, and right. they, they wound up becoming sharecroppers. They wound up um, eventually, through Jim Crow laws, being uh, put into prison and turned into virtual slaves there. And yeah. so the history of, of Juneteenth, while it was a happy occasion, actually was almost the beginning of um, the problems we have today. In fact, well, I you see the, the, other, the other broadcast called Slavery by Another Name by, I think, Doug Blackman. It was on public TV within the last week or so, talking about exactly that. I mean, that after, after Reconstruction, you had this whole policy of imprisoning blacks for loitering, for not having a job, yeah. for, you know, walking across the street the wrong way, and, and really it became slavery of, of another kind for almost a half a century, well into the 20th century. Well, you know, yeah. Bobby mentioned uh, the, the woman in Texas who has been fighting for yeah. Juneteenth recognition for, for many, many years. Um, but before we uh, before we go to break, I wanted to mention someone locally. Uh, Paul, Paul, I'm sorry. You're absolutely <laughs> right. I worked with Paul for a long time. What a great guy! I don't mean to steal your thunder. No, but no, I just think I, that's exactly. About Paul, Paul, uh, Paul is a person who represents the true intent of Juneteenth. Yep, Paul Herring has almost single-handedly kept the spirit of Juneteenth alive in Flint for at least a couple of decades that I'm aware yes. of. Yes. And, and well, I think yeah. he deserves, you know, at least a little hat tip before we go to break. Yes, he does. Well, I want to say yay, Paul. Congratulations, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> well, I've worked with Paul on other projects that I never really knew. And about his work on Juneteenth, and you all yes. know, and you all know my friend Sandy. Her birthday is June nineteenth, and uh, and I told her now they've made it a national holiday, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they'll have a parade in her honor. Uh, that's right. That's right. We'll have to 
We'll have to get a Sandy float for the next parade. Yeah, All right. We're going to take a short break. We'll be back. Dance now. Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. I'm Julie Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can. Keep wearing masks correctly and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19 and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program plays host to the best political roundtable on radio every Wednesday from 10 a.m. to noon. Armchair Politics features great commentary and analysis about the headlines from local, state, and national politics with an alumni of world-class pundits, plus quotes, tweets, and those weird and wacky stories we call the X-Files. If it's Wednesday, catch Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew. And discoveries have a way of teaching us a little more about ourselves along the way. Welcome to Flint and Genesee County, where up north meets down south. Home to Michigan's largest county park system and a vibrant culture. A place filled with discoveries we've yet to make. Throughout acres of beautiful lakes, wetlands, and woods, and in the diverse city beyond where the uplifting melodies of gospel choirs fill the air, where the work of renowned artists color the galleries and museums, where the fresh fruits and vegetables at the downtown farmer's market awaken our senses, and where the cultural center and planetarium broaden our view of the world. Let's spend a few days enjoying the wonders of Flint and Genesee County, where the joy of discovery is pure Michigan. Your trip begins at michigan.org. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. I know of a place where you never get harmed. 
a magical place with magical charms indoors 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 take it away hi this is deb cherry genesee county treasurer and you're listening to the tom sumner radio show Welcome back, everybody. We continue our weekly roundtable armchair politics with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Bobby Clayton Walton. And uh, I have a, a quote that caught my attention uh, that we didn't get to in the last segment, and it goes like this. Let me say it again. He is focused. He knows what he wants to achieve and does it very skillfully, and you can instantly sense it. Is that about by, uh, Biden? It is, actually. It's about U.S. President Joe Biden. That was Russian President Vladimir Putin praising uh, President Biden Mm. Thursday, describing him as a professional who is completely knowledgeable on all issues, according to a Kremlin transcript of Putin's televised remarks. How does this differ from Putin's comments about our former president? (laughs) I think he was afraid of the former president. But he, he I, I thought Putin really gave Biden the respect that he needs as a national leader, not as a Democrat or Republican, but as an American leader, and uh, which he must have. And although we cut him down badly here, and uh, sometimes I don't know who the enemy is. Is it the external enemy or is it internal? And, um, but uh, I thought that was a great comment. Because we need it, the was, United States needed. I thought it was um, funny when he was describing Trump as being such a great uh, president because he was not a professional politician. Oh, yeah. And here's here's Putin who's done nothing but politics all his life. I mean, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, it was an odd comment. And again, and particularly about all the all these suspicions and doubts about the relationship between Putin and Trump over the years. Um, I mean, we really don't know for sure, but certainly there seemed to be an odd closeness between the two of them that uh, never never has quite been explained. Right. Don't you like the idea of your your leader being professional, being seen by the rest of the world as professional? I, re- I really do, Henry. That's, oh, why, that's why the quote got my attention was because he used... You know the word professional, and and he also uh, used the phrase completely knowledgeable on all issues, and I wonder if he would have said that um, uh, about Donald Trump, but I also wonder if he would have said it about George W. Bush. Right. Well, neither yeah. of them had the foreign policy experience. Remember, George W. Bush had never been outside the country except to Mexico <coughs> when he was um, elected president. Oh, was he visiting so, Ted Cruz? Yeah, somebody said that um, the governor of Texas wants to build a wall around Texas to keep Ted Cruz from going to Cancun. (laughs) 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 Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, moving on, Flint Union leaders hosted the country's principal trade advisor, negotiator, and spokesperson on U.S. trade policy Monday in her first domestic trip outside Washington, D.C. Ambassador Catherine Tai visited General Motors' Flint assembly plant, saw the memorial to the Flint sit-down strike that brought about recognition to uh, 
organized labor and met with area representatives of the uh, United Auto Workers and United Steel Workers. How significant is it that her dom- her first domestic trip was to Flint, Michigan? Very significant. If you uh, yeah, live in Genesee County. <laughs> well, I, I think Flint's become a symbol of, of you know, so-called Rust Belt cities that have faced some harsh declines. Um, so, no, I think, I think I, the, symbol, the symbolism is, is very important, not just because of the auto industry, but because of the old water crisis and, you know, the dramatic changes that we've seen in Flint over time. But and also, the uh, of democracy? Okay. And, and the recognition of the... Um, the unions and the and the work right. the workers, I think that's significant. And besides, uh, remember Flint had the largest income per capita in the world. That's right. Uh, in 1970, and uh, Flint is a city to be reckoned with, but it has poor leadership. It it has the resources to grow itself back together and become a prominent city, but. I think we just lost somebody. I think it was Henry. Are you there, Henry? Yeah, it wasn't me. Well, if he doesn't, I heard, I heard if, a beep and Henry kind of disappeared. If he doesn't call, huh. and he usually calls and rejoins us if the if the call drops. So hopefully he'll do that in a moment or so. Um, it was those aliens. They are just. <laughs> That's right. I thought it might have been a Jewish laser. <laughs> <laughs> Or Russian hacking. I I was really concerned yesterday. uh, I I was having some trouble with my email late in the day. And um, the uh, Internet provider uh, had a a banner message that um, intermittent outages was causing problems with emails. And I, I wondered all afternoon as I waited to get my email back if um, if there had been some kind of a, a, a hack. There might have been. Um, I also think yeah. we got something from um, from the power company uh, talking about intermittent outages. There, I think Henry's back with us now. I heard yes, I am. Mean, uh, that must have been the Russians or the Chinese. We were just thinking of the possibilities of uh, who, who might have knocked you off the, off yeah, the air. Alien abduction. Aliens, yeah. Jewish space lasers, or the, or, or the Russians. <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> well, technology's great when it works. Um, any, let me see, uh, there was something else, there was something in Paul's notes, he always sends me uh, some bullet points of things that he, and, and we're usually pretty close to on the same page, but he mentioned one that I didn't have, um, and that was uh, Flint finally passing their city budget. And, and Yeah, after three failed attempts and they missed the deadline, so they technically violated the charter, well, about a week and a half ago when they didn't pass the budget, but finally they did pass apparently a budget of some sort. So w- was Flint officially uh, in shutdown mode for a week and a half there? Well, they, they, were, <laughs> they had to get it done by June. By, <laughs> you, you wouldn't have noticed June 30th. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, June 30th was it. If they hadn't passed the budget, they mm. would have had shutdowns. So there was, there were apparently, I heard from what I heard, there were notices going out to city departments saying, you know, get ready for a shutdown. It could happen. As it turned out, wow. it did not. But um, I couldn't believe were were there three council members that didn't vote for the budget voted against it. Uh, yeah, I think I three think or four. So. Yeah. Three. Uh, oh, four maybe. Because I remember. Yeah. Uh, reading the same I thing. Could, I couldn't believe it. It's like, what? No. Well, tiptoeing on the edge. And that's it. Even yeah. Yeah. Congress is operating better than Flint City is. It superseded what Flint can do. It passed the uh, Juneteenth bill. And yeah. uh, we are now a national holiday. Hey, you know, uh, Tom, when you get a chance, could you go back? You said, are we going to have two Fourth of July yeah. or whatever? Because uh, you didn't complete that, and I was interested in your statement. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Well, I, and I was thinking it. about Mexican Independence Day, Cinco de Mayo also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's also that. That's true. That's yeah. right. Yeah, but Cinco the de Mayo. In the cantina. Cinco de Mayo doesn't have the same significance no. <laughs> in this country. I mean, it's, it's kind of like uh, St. Patrick's Day. You know, we, yeah, it's kind of a fluff yeah. holiday. I don't think it really we, has anything to do with we drink, Mexican independence. We drink on St. Yeah, Patrick's you Day. Know, I, I look at that question that you asked when you said, are we going to become two, have two Independence Day? There's only one Independence Day, and that's the 4th of July. And remember, Lincoln said that um, we cannot have two, a divided country. We've got to have only one. And that's and my thought. concern, Henry, and, because, yeah. uh, you know, and, and you rightfully acknowledged uh, all of the people and many, many years, you know, well over a century that, you know, that African Americans have been celebrating Juneteenth as the official uh, Independence Day for African Americans. But now that it's an official national holiday do we now have two independence days one for blacks and one for whites we can't have it that way sir uh, well it's that's that's what i'm getting at henry is um and that's it. It, it is is this going to um cause more division than it's intended to and there are some of those us that will go out and try to make that an issue, but I doubt whether they'll ever fly. you got to have the support of other cultural groups, and you ain't going to get it. Yeah, I can see that, though. I, I wouldn't have thought of it, but when you really think about it, there are a number of people who do not consider themselves freed under the original July 4th because they were not. And so perhaps this might be one way for them to further uh, deny that Independence Day applies to them. Well, they're in this country. Yeah. They can always leave and go somewhere else. Well, I wouldn't say that to anybody except to my ex-husband, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, it's true. It's true. That's what other people do. They pick up. Uh, we got lots oh, of people that all the time. That's true. Yeah. Oh. You know, yeah. Yeah. And I did uh, have I'm an not sure it's going to happen, though. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. we're going to see that division. I mean, I mean, I think, you know, if you take a look, sometimes sometimes holidays kind of rise in prominence and fade. I mean, I'm thinking about Columbus Day. At one point, that was a very big holiday, and now it has faded substantially, become Native American Day in some states and things like that. So, you know, and I recall as a kid, 
we got both in, in uh, we got both the uh, Washington's birthday and Lincoln's birthday off. That got rolled together in terms of President's Day as years went by um, in February. So again, we've, but we've had but a, there's you know, but there's an underlying um, reality here that though yeah. the country was founded and became independent um, as a colony of England. Uh, officially on the 4th of July, 1776. It was, you know, 100-plus years later mm-hmm. that blacks in America were declared free. And yeah, my concern is now we have two national holidays. We have the freedom of slaves, and then we have uh, the freedom from Great Britain, and while it may not be the intention to create two separate, yeah, yeah, and you know where I'm going with this: two separate but equal sure. holidays. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I see what um, you're saying. And and I'm concerned about that. And and I'm, I, I guess, suggesting for the great thinkers out there to figure out how well, we consolidate those things and celebrate independence universally. Yeah. yeah, you know, if I go it, back occurs, and look at all. it occurs to me that it might depend upon whether the furniture um, showrooms and everything have these big blowout sales on Juneteenth. You know, <laughs> yeah, 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 because, yeah, because mm-hmm. it becomes a big um, recognized holiday because of you know beer sales and and sofas with matching love seats. I mean, it's. It depends upon what media does with it, I really do believe. And, and also, uh, black Americans are tied to the soil. They, were, they became different people when they came here. They mixed with the white blood from Europe and the American natives. They are indigenous to the United States. The black culture here, it's part of the fabric now. And you... And they love this country. Only the people who are, uh, want to divide us are the ones that you're listening to. You're not listening to, by and large, the, the average black American. Only those who are politicians who want to find a different way or who has egregious um, feelings toward other people in the country. And uh, they have the same problem as the Ku Klux Klan and skinheads and stuff like that. But we have to, yeah. they don't form the basis of American thought. But really, Henry, if I may jump in here, that applies to a lot of the white people here also. Well, it's I'm talking not, about them too. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. because there are yeah. people here who do not see us as one big tossed salad, layer cake, yeah. melting pot, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And they saw, and that's why I used the Klan and the skinhead. And, and they can have their rights, and they have their rights under the Constitution, as they should. But it's up to the government to protect the people in this country uh, from, from uh, abuses by those kind of individuals. That's the government. Well, the government I, is everybody. I, I guess I'm just... Um you know, and and maybe I'm being a little bit like Chicken Little here, but um, I, I'm I'm just concerned about the potential for making division official. 
Yes. And, I, I know that. And, and, I, and I, I want us to be and I want us to be wary of that as this yes. moves forward. I, you know, one of the first things I thought of, and, and you know, it's it, it's funny that you, uh, Bobby, that you bring up, uh, you know, mattress and furniture sales and, you know, all the things that we incorporate into three-day holidays in this country. But um, one of the first things that went through my mind is, will there be fireworks? Yeah. Well, I think there were yeah. this year. I think so, yeah. The fact they were downtown, I think downtown Flint had some fireworks at but we have fireworks for, you know, the opening of a department store. It happens in my right. neighborhood, anyway. <laughs> but, guys, in order for that to take shape, that means that white Americans must participate. If they don't participate in going out to celebrate all of this stuff, it won't matter anyway. Because and one of the things we have that to it have the camera, and we have to have lights. It has to be, yeah, we have to pay attention. One of the things, Henry, um, and this is something that makes me a little uncomfortable, but uncomfortable is probably good. It means I'm paying attention. Um, at what level, as a white person, is it, um, I don't want to say acceptable, but... Um, appropriate, maybe? Appropriate for me to be participating in Juneteenth celebrations. Because one of the things I hear from my black friends is that so many white people are trying to appropriate becoming black. In other words, it's fashionable. I've heard um, that too. Somebody yes. wanted to make sure that you felt bad, that the well, dominant black, feel... uh, you know, uh, <laughs> no. <will> somehow <laughs> no. supersede or undo you or make you bow to them. That's, that's not black America. No, oh, it God. isn't you black America. It's, <laughs> it's my black friends. No, it isn't yeah. that. It, because, and it really helped me refine my own feelings about it. I'm not... But this is what I I'm concerned about is, you know, are we going to have an Independence Day for blacks only and an Independence Day for whites only? And I, I'm, I'm warning against that, you know. I, that's oh, yeah. the oh, reason yeah. that, I, that I bring that up because, you know, I don't want Juneteenth to become a, a, a holiday that... Um, further entrenches my my white guilt. Uh, I yeah. Think that, yeah. That's a, you know, that's a good way to point it out, uh, Tom, but right. you don't have to you don't have to bend so low. We are all Americans and we take our cues from the system of government in the United States. Everything that we well, do. If 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 whites change their hairstyle so the blacks. If they wear the skirts well, let me, let me ask longer this, or shorter, Martin, so the blacks. Go ahead, Does Paul. the Martin Luther King Day you know, separate us by race in a similar way? I mean, I'm not so sure that it does, but you know, we, we made the King Day a, a holiday. Uh, uh, has that had a similar impact, I wonder? What no, King's that? holiday is not as great, uh, it's not as profound as this. Remember, the Americans did achieve a national holiday. But it was not due to their efforts. It was not due to putting blood, sweat, and tears and losses mm -hmm. into it. It was through their tech and technique that didn't go out and anger the white man or the woman or whatever. But you notice that. Stop and think about that. We spent nothing. It was up to the American people and businesses 
who went out and said Juneteenth isn't so bad. I'll provide all of the food and drink and comforts, whatever people need during that holiday. You might ask Paul. You know, sometimes you should invite Paul on, his, on the um, show. I, re- I recall Paul was going to New York, and he had this really old van. And I didn't think that he was <laughs> going to make it to New York. He was going to tour the coast with some kids for some reason or another. And they made sure he raised money. And people contributed to this effort. You might want to bring Paul on and have him talk about some of this stuff. Paul Aaron, so people don't get confused. From the community and the businesses. Coval is well known in the circles of (laughs) Juneteenth (laughs) with hot dogs and stuff like that that they always provide for. Well, it wouldn't be a holiday in this area without Kogel's. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You're right. And I just wanted to point out that Henry was talking about Paul Herring and not Paul Rosicki. So so people don't get confused. Well, Paul Rosicki could have done the same thing, too, because he's got people love him, too. But the the question you raise, Paul, about uh, MLK being the same, I I think there's a big difference between recognizing a civil rights leader and a great American orator, um, and and these two events, you know, mm-hmm. two, yeah. two different Independence Days yeah. that could be that really could very easily accidentally be considered separate but equal. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah I, I, I can see the risk there. Now, as, as I look at the calendar, is it likely we could have simply a two-week period of Independence Days. I mean, as I look at it, the 19th is just about two weeks ahead of the 4th, two weeks in the day ahead of the 4th. Uh, we'd like to see a, a two-week series of things going on in, in, in late June, early July. Yeah, an Independence vacation season. Well, yeah. there's, there's <laughs> right. something like that done in uh, Detroit and Windsor. Where well, there's right. a yeah, freedom it's, it's festival Canada's for a week that connects the two holidays, Fourth yeah. of July and and something similar in in, uh, in Canada. Yeah, and you know, I think the this is my last comment on this, but um, I think you need to remember that all of this was done without uh, without shedding a tear of blood or children sacrificing through war and revolution. Juneteenth uh, became a national holiday. Well, I think and that and, and belongs I, to the Americans. It doesn't belong to any particular race or culture, but it belongs to the Americans. Well, I just want to make sure that, that although by definition it, it does relate very specifically to descendants of slaves in this country, but it's something and and i think we've done our job here everybody and and thanks to all of you it is is to get people thinking about how we can make sure these things don't separate yeah and be divisive yeah. you, you know yeah, if it's if it's celebrating from june 19th through the 4th of july hey i'm up for a party <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the longer the better. But but right. but I, need, but I think we need think to have, 
But I think we need to have people thinking about that. Uh, Barry Simon did the math on how many more national holidays we need before we have a four-day wor- four work week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we we got to take a short break. We'll be back with more right after this. Hello there, citizens. Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay dangerous. Darkwing Duck up. While we've been staying safe at home, scientists have been on a journey. The destination, a COVID-19 vaccine. This journey began decades ago with research into other coronaviruses. Scientists built from there with months of research and development, cooperation with other experts worldwide, and clinical trials on tens of thousands of volunteers of diverse race, age, and health status. They arrived at a safe, effective vaccine and hundreds of thousands in Michigan have already been vaccinated. But the next step is ours. We need to get the vaccine when we can, keep wearing masks correctly, and taking precautions until we reach our destination, freedom from COVID-19, and getting back to the lives we love. Discover the facts for yourself at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. The Tom Sumner Program has hosted live candidate forums for local, state, and national offices at bars, restaurants, coffee shops, and colleges. Armchair Politics has gone to Lansing, Frankenmuth, Birch Run, and Hell. Hell, Michigan, that is. We've done shows all the way to the Mighty Mac and back to the bricks. We've done remotes from a baseball stadium in Lansing, a grocery store opening in Flint, and from a moving train. We'd like you to tell us where to go next. You can write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com, call us at 810-339-8255, or contact us on Facebook. This is your chance to tell the Tom Sumner Program where to go. Objection. I object. I object to that, Your Honor. Oh, hi, Mom. What's up? Dana, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just um, Attorney General stuff. Listen, I have a legal question. What is it, Mom? I just got a call from the water company. Apparently, your father has not been paying the bill. I guess they're going to turn the water off because we owe more than $1,000 now. Can you believe it? Actually, I can't. So listen, we just have to send them $200 in Edible Arrangements gift cards and that will keep the water on. Now, here's the legal question. What is the website for Edible Arrangements? Mom, it's an imposter scam. Imposter scam. Is that .com or .edu? No, the call was a scam. Scammers will pretend to be a government agency or a utility company or someone else you might do business with. A big red flag is if they tell you that you can pay them using gift cards. So when in doubt, ask for the information to be sent to you in writing. And never give a caller or someone you don't know your personal information or your money. If you do suspect an imposter scam, Report it to my office at mi 
gov slash agcomplaints. Okay, all right. And Dina, where do I file a complaint that my daughter hasn't visited in over a month? Does your office have a website for that? Okay, Mom, I'm hanging up now. I'm Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Visit mi.gov slash agcomplaints for your connection to consumer protection. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody. We continue now with uh, Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program with our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Bobby Clayton Walton. U.S. Census data. Uh, Paul, may, before you get to that, can I just have one last comment here? I sure. do need to clarify something. Yeah, go ahead. Well, you know, the American people just jumped on this thing and passed it like it was nothing. But then they, they learned something about how abused uh, people were during slavery. They learned about the Oklahoma event where they used airplanes to bomb mm-hmm. homes and killing uh, dozens of, uh, of black Americans and confiscating their wealth and land. And then they learned about the Tuskegee, air, the Tuskegee experiments on black men being given syphilis. Right. And uh, then they remembered Woodrow Wilson throwing all the blacks out of the White House. And so when you put all of that together, it was an easy thing. Blacks had already suffered enough. And they said, well, why not? They deserve this holiday. And they, they voted for it. Like all of the American people came together to approve it. If they didn't approve it, we would have people rioting in the street today. So we need to remember that, that uh, people had already suffered and it was the right thing to do. And we still fight for one holiday, and that's the 4th of July. And and uh, of course Juneteenth has been around for a long time, but yeah. now it's now it's official. Um, now yeah, getting on to s- making some other things official, <laughs> U.S. Census data delays uh, delays caused by the COVID nineteen pandemic warrant a deadline extension for Michigan's new redistricting commission to redraw the state's political maps. At least that's what our attorneys argued before the Michigan Supreme Court Monday, although some questioned whether such a change was necessary or appropriate. The 13-member commission formed by a successful 2018 ballot initiative is constitutionally obligated to redraw the state's congressional state house and state senate political district maps based on the US, uh, the latest u.s census data and a myriad of other criteria by november 1st of this year but the u.s census bureau citing pandemic related delays announced in february that redistricting data won't be made available to the states for months promising the formatted uh, data by september 30th of this year that's after the date commissioners need to have proposed maps available for public comment under the constitutional amendment which would be September 17th should the Supremes grant a COVID extension yes yeah unless the numbers are there I don't know how you draw the maps without solid data Um, because otherwise you're just guessing what you got to have fairly equal populations that's the key thing and uh, certainly people have moved around in the last 10 years, and we're going to be changing a lot of those maps even even without any kind of partisan considerations. 
well, it also I impacts. Think... I think it also impacts on how the county and um, the municipalities would do theirs also. That's right. That's right. Yeah, we'll need to re- redraw those the uh, county commission districts and, and and even city council wards uh, at at some point. Yeah. I think both of you are correct, but no matter what we put out there, somebody won't like it, and they'll always <laughs> be struggling for something else. <laughs> and no matter what happens, things will normalize if you don't tamper with them. And it'll be whoever loses an election and their supporters <laughs> that don't like it. <laughs> well, Governor, the bottom line is you, you, you want to equalize the numbers. You've got to have, I think, for the... The congressional districts were looking at what seven hundred and sixty thousand people per district. I think at least that's one yeah, number. About that. Yeah, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, yeah. And so, and again, clearly, as we take a look at Michigan, we're going to lose one seat, so we're going to have to redraw to now have uh, thirteen seats instead of fourteen. And yeah. uh, there could be some important considerations in that whole process. Sure, you've got incumbents that don't want to be districted out of their district. Right, and, and, right. In fact, and besides, uh, we will rebuild the city, not in our lifetime, I mean this this state, uh, because we have the water, and people are running anywhere to find water <laughs> if you live in the West. And uh, you heard of all the droughts out there, and it's getting warmer and warmer each year, and people will begin migrating other places. You know, the, yeah. the, the, the analogy I've heard here in Michigan is that it's, it's going to be like a game of musical chairs. we got... 14 members of Congress now, we're going to have 13. Somebody's going to lose the chair, and who is, who's, who is going to be remains to be seen, but that's going to be a critical process when they start redrawing those uh, congressional well, district lines here in the state. It's, good going, it's going to be in Oakland, Wayne, or Macomb County, because that's where 90% of the election... Uh, not Probably, although I've, I've heard some concerns about, about Dan Kildee's district. At least I saw one posting, people yeah. talking about joining the 5th District with some parts of the thumb and throwing him in with yeah. another incumbent. That, yeah. That's a possibility. Who knows? I mean, it's pure guesswork, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting exercise. Yeah. Well, Governor Gretchen Whitmer and state health officials decided to roll back nine orders, including the masks and gathering rule. That means there will be no more capacity limits for stores and restaurants and no state mandates to wear a mask that took uh, effect yesterday Um, and that's about 10 days ahead of the state's previously planned date. Whitmer and state leaders cited declining cases and the number of residents vaccinated as their rationale to act ahead of schedule. The state said several orders remain in order to protect vulnerable populations in prisons, long-term care facilities, and the agriculture industry. The state issued a new order recently outlining testing and additional safety requirements for farm workers. There are no state rules requiring masks, but businesses may still mandate face coverings inside their facilities. Even after the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said those who are vaccinated no longer need to wear masks in many settings, They said masks should still be worn in prisons, hospitals, airports, and other forms of public transportation. How quickly do you think things will get back to normal now that these restrictions are gone? It'll take a while because people are still wearing a mask. And and VG's, I went in there yesterday and every employee had his mask. 
there were half of the population that go into the store have MS gone. So it's a slow-moving yeah, process. Yeah, I, I find it almost confusing. I say when I when I go into a store now, I say, gee, <laughs> should I wear it or shouldn't I wear it? I keep it in the car, and when, if it's a busy store, I usually will wear it. But otherwise, I yeah. cannot. It's, it's, it makes it confusing for an individual. Yeah. Yeah, I have one in my pocket of most of my jackets in case I need it. But yeah, um, yeah. What, is, what is our vaccination rate here? Is it like 60%? I think yeah. so, I think but they keep reporting that yeah. 60% have at least one shot. See, yeah. I, I wish yeah. they would just, I, I, I wish they would report. 65%. Yeah, I think you're right, Henry, but I wish they would report only on those that are fully vaccinated. Yes, yeah. two shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so I, it, feels like it's, it feels like it's almost normal. I went to a meeting at my church last night and most of us didn't have masks on because we'd all been vaccinated. Um, but that's a limited exposure on my part. But yeah, don't you believe that there were a handful of people up. who were all vaccinated and we didn't wear masks? But I, on the other hand, I was in Myers yesterday, and uh, I would say maybe half the people were still wearing masks as yeah. they were yeah. going around Myers. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Yeah. Uh, you know, I put mine on just when I see that half of the people in the store wearing this, I'll make sure I put mine on. Yeah. Yeah. And that's to blend with, uh, give them the doubt, sense of the doubt. Well, I, I set a, a date when uh, President Biden said that he thought we'd be at a point by July 4th where we could begin to entertain friends and family for cookouts and things of that nature. Um, I, I kind of, I just made up my mind to hold him to that date. <laughs> and, and, and it looks like we might fall a little bit short of that. I, I really am holding back. I wear mask. I, I wear the mask in public until 70% of the population or herd immunity is uh, attained. Um, however, yeah, because, because of that 4th of July uh, deadline that, that, um, that the president yeah, recommended the president. and that I've been sort of sticking to, we will be celebrating our first face-to-face -face armchair politics on my deck on uh, July 7th. And, uh, oh, good. Um, Sounds good. And, and Henry, will, there, will there be fireworks? Very likely. <laughs> very likely. There usually are. Um, <laughs> probably, probably from from some of our critics. That could be fireworks. Right. <laughs> no, but I did, uh, you know, um, I mentioned Sandy's uh, birthday was the 19th, and I did. we did have some family over over the weekend, uh, her uh, her son Jake and his kids and uh, my daughter Elizabeth and and her daughter Olivia were here over the weekend and and we uh, you know got together and that's that's really the biggest group that we've gotten together with since this all began it, it, so it feels like it's it's loosening up but I but I wonder when it'll when it'll start to feel like normal again. Yeah. Hopefully think, by fall. I think there's a feeling of hesitancy because we're into warm weather, which normally brings the 
the incidents down anyway, and there's an anticipation for something uh, maybe reoccurring in the fall. So, yeah. Yeah, well, I'm concerned when the kids get back to school, if there's a lot of unvaccinated kids, are we going to see another another uh, spike in the fall of some kind? Well, we got a break mm-hmm. there, and uh, we'll be back with the second half of Armchair Politics with Paul Rosicki, Henry Hatter, and Bobby Clayton Walton right after this break for ID. Hi, I'm Alexander Zanjic. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Tom Sumner. 